welcome to episode 11 of Perspectives Unsettled. I'm Emily Luttrell. And I'm Ben Stewart. And with this, as always, our producer, No Gray. Hello. It's good to be here, everybody. It's great to be here. It is great to be here. We sound really sincere, so that's good. You guys are great. <laughs> ben, what, what question do you have for us today? Well, since today we are going to be highlighting our virtual global day event, um, I thought it would be fun to share what has been either the most awkward or embarrassing or frustrating moment you have experienced in some sort of like Zoom type interaction. Hmm. Frustrating? Yeah, I mean, okay. it can be a frustrating one. It can be an embarrassing one. It could be an awkward one, whether it's something that happened to you, something that you experienced, like you saw something, you know, that somebody didn't mean for you to see or um, <laughs> that sort of thing. Man, it's hard. I feel like I've had so many Zoom experiences that they all kind of blend together into one long meeting. Right. I think the the worst thing for me is whenever I've been doing Zoom like social get togethers and yeah. you hang out with people, I'm always someone that likes to have an exit strategy in yeah. social mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's always like, okay, well, I got to head out and go do this thing. Yep. And then at one point I realized I was in like a two hour <laughs> hangout sesh with some people. And I was like, I don't, time. I don't have anywhere to go from here. There's, <laughs> there's nothing I can say to, to hang up and be like, all right, well, I've got to, got to get, to the so other the, you room were trapped. The there was, was no way i was trapped there's no it way was out. horrible it took me about 45 minutes oh. to to come up with a good reason to leave yeah it was pretty excruciating there's no irish goodbye on a zoom right you can't just yeah. dip quietly <laughs> i uh early on in the pandemic i had a group of well it wasn't my group of friends, I got invited into a group of friends doing a trivia night through Zoom. Okay. Sounds fun. It was like 10 rounds of 10 questions each. By about round five, everyone was done. That's a lot <laughs> of questions. But we were still going through with it. Is a good friend of mine who put it on. And it was like partners. Um, okay. So you're trying to figure out how to communicate with your partner while they're over Zoom, <laughs> while you're doing it's like double trivia Zoom. over Zoom and everybody's tired and annoyed and yeah. So by about round five, everybody was done and we just started cheating. <laughs> <laughs> we just started looking up the answers. I think there was a, there was an entire, there was an entire round based around Marvel and I think I've seen two Marvel mm. movies. Yeah, I don't see you <laughs> being super solid mm. in your Marvel trivia. No, but I got much. all of them right. Well done. Yeah. There's very little accountability over Zoom trivia, I would yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, when they're like, hey, we know you're going to have to like text or chat to your partner about questions. Like you just pull up Google right next yeah, to it. exactly. The fact that we won by such a wide margin. <laughs> <laughs> means that we were the only ones doing it. And how did that feel? Great. Yeah, I mean, was there it shows your ingenuity and creativity, right? Yeah. yeah. No, there was no prize. Oh, uh, well, then who cares? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Um, you know, I've had the classic Archie barking in the background, <laughs> mm -hmm. but probably one that was, I had, I had to use a little bit more finesse to get around was I was doing a 
week-long intensive training. And so there's lots of opportunity to like turn your video off, turn your sound off, and you were supposed to just be taking in the information. Or you could also go for a run during <laughs> one of those times when you were supposed to be taking in information. So at, w- at one point I was just like, I, I just need to not be sitting here on Zoom taking in information. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I turned off my camera and I turned off my audio and I went for a run. And then I came <laughs> back, but I had missed the part where they were like, hey, we're going to split up into small groups and inter- interact oh, no. with con- oh, no. content. So they put us into groups and I had to completely just BS my way through and, you know, pretend like I knew and had been fully engaged in what was being talked about. You're so. really um, representing Uncharted International very well. <laughs> Super well. It, yeah. it actually reminded me of my college days. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't <laughs> I sound had like a lot of skill. You'd mm-hmm. be a great virtual student. If oh, you not had at to all. Be in school well, when I was time. homeschooled, before you know all the before the internet stuff, existed, yes, we had VHS tapes, and I would just fast forward the class, <laughs> and then just wait for a while, and then tell my mom that I had finished it. So nice. There's a pattern. Yeah, I'm confessing. This has turned into a confessional, actually. <laughs> so I'm sure that none of these things, none of the awkwardness or frustration of the virtual experience, will happen mm-hmm. on our amazing global event. Right. So So by the time this podcast being released in just a couple days, really, we'll be having Uncharted's first global day event. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a webcasted video event on the 20th of November, starting at 7 p.m. And guys, how excited are you for global day? I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. Seriously. I'm as excited as one can be with (laughs) A lot of the weight riding on right. I'm excited mine and, and Emily's shoulders. I'm excited to see it come together. <laughs> assuming it will. I mean, it is come true. Together. You two are doing the bulk of the work, and I deeply appreciate that <laughs> in I'll, all sincerity. That's say, why. That's why my tone was a little bit higher in yeah, the excitement That's why you range. really are excited yeah. for Global Day. Yeah. Like, what's it going to look like? <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I'm sure. <laughs> right. So. Global Day, webcast event, what is it going to be? We're going to have some missions education. We're going to have some artistic pieces talking about our our passion, the why behind mm-hmm. we do missions as the church, but also as Uncharted. We're going to get some updates and connection with our partners overseas. And really, I'm looking forward to it as a time that the Uncharted family, partner, supporters can can be together virtually mm-hmm. and kind of reconnect over the things that brought us all together in the first place. What I really appreciate about this event, obviously in 2020, is that we have over the last several years done, or the last couple of years done, collective night in person. And it's such a cool event to have the Church of Evansville represented in, in multiple um, church bodies coming together for a night of worship and a night of prayer and we get to talk about uh, global missions and and uncharted in that but it really is just a unifying front what i love about this event is that it takes the spirit of the collective night bringing together multiple people a bunch of people from multiple churches and and it gives them an opportunity to learn very directly about global missions why it matters and really where uncharted finds its place in the greater story of global missions, why we're unique. 
um, what we do differently and and honestly our 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 ethos and our kind of missiology and why that matters and why we believe what we do is really important and missions can often be overlooked in the church and it's totally understandable churches are often really focused on internally or at least in the community and we're not even disagreeing with the value of that mm. but obviously as a missions organization we think that there is an extremely high value on a church engaging with global missions mm-hmm. and this gives churches an opportunity to engage with that to promote it to use it as a sunday experience but it also is sort of a third party outlet for for people um for members of different churches to hear from us and to learn mm-hmm. um things that they may not hear on a normal Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, with that description. And I think one of the things that I've been very proud about, if I can use that phrase, about Uncharted and, and our team during this time is just seeing how the work that God has called us to really has continued even in the midst of a global pandemic. And it's really elevated the fact that, I mean, we always knew this, but I think it's really highlighted the fact that it it is truly our frontline brothers and sisters, the people that we support in the different communities around the world who are living out this mission, who are embodying this, this vision of doing brave things to advance God's kingdom in some of the most difficult places. And so what a joy it's been, even though we've had to, uh, you know, adapt and, and adjust the way in which we come alongside of them. What a, what a joy it's been to, to not feel this sense of, okay, things are shutting down or, oh my gosh, like how are we going to keep going as an internationally focused ministry, but we can't travel, we can't do short-term trips. It's been really sweet just to see how the Uncharted team globally, um, all of us, not just the several of us here in the United States, have really continued to move forward and, and live out this this mission. And I do think this particular event is sort of a culmination of that and and uh, a moment that expresses and demonstrates how the mission has continued, how, to reiterate what you were saying, Noah, just the importance of global engagement with what God is doing today around the world continues to remain really vital. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to, to do that. Yeah, something we talked a, a lot about in our earlier episodes was this idea that as Christians, being disciple makers is part of our identity. It's not something we do. It's mm-hmm. not a, a hobby or an aspect of what we're we're supposed to do as as a good person. It's it's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And when we said at the beginning of the year, like who could have known right. <laughs> what that would look like coming up? But it's been really cool and encouraging to see that's true. Like that is actually true. And it doesn't matter whether or not we can go overseas and partake in a mission trip Mm -hmm. or we can do everything that we're used to be doing. It's part of our identity as Christians that disciple making continues Mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't stop. Ben, I'm curious to, to hear what you have to say on this question, but um, you know, Obviously, with with everything that's been going on this year, we haven't been able to get overseas, but care and training and discipleship is a big part of what we do. How do you feel like Uncharted has responded 
in the face of a global pandemic, in a face of the inability to travel, mm-hmm. do you feel like we've been able to do that more, do that better, um, that we haven't been able to do that as much? Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's a good question. And I would say that the the short, honest answer is it's been a mixed bag. There, There's some tangible things that I would point to to say, man, we're, we're not only finding new creative ways to do this, but it is better. Mm. And then there's other tangible examples where I feel like to no fault of our own, but really as a result of what's happening with COVID and not being able to travel, mm-hmm. there's just things we're missing. So, you know, some examples of each, um, it's been really a gift, um, to get connected with other like-minded organizations in the area of central Asia. There are conversations that have moved to actual, I'll I'll say like conduits for discipleship Mm. that we are, we are actively in now, like we're doing it. We're seeing some of our frontline team engaged in those things. Mm -hmm. And if you had asked me six months ago, if I thought that that was possible, I would have said no. I would. I assumed. I think that a lot of that stuff had to happen in person, and you know, boots on the ground need, needs to take place in order to get into those types of connections. And so that's an example of where um, that has been a pleasant surprise to yeah. see. There's discipleship and investment of our frontline team that's taking place that I would not have expected to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say too, like I feel like and I'd be curious if you guys would agree with this or not, but I feel like our our own team here in the States, this has been a good reason for us to connect more frequently, primarily over Zoom, but to connect mm-hmm. more frequently with a core group of our frontline week workers, you know, like I think of Donko and George and David and others. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's been, for me at least, it's been neat to see our staff interact with them real time. Where I would say, I know I'm not letting you respond, respond to that, so you can come back. But um, <laughs> we'll we'll remember that. Yeah, where I would say it's been difficult is probably mostly in Myanmar, knowing that there are some of our frontline team who there's just no possible way to connect with them mm. unless it was in person in Myanmar, and so I feel a sadness about our inability to encourage them to, you know, to invest in their soul care. I know we're doing things like sending translated videos over and, you know, Facebook messaging them frequently. And and that's good. I mean, I'm really proud we're doing those things, but I just, I do feel a sadness that we're not able to do what we normally can do. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I would say it's, it's been a mixed bag of some pleasant surprises and then some, just some real loss, you know, it is cool to be able to Zoom as a team, our partners, more frequently. We've been been able to connect with some in our, our staff meetings more regularly, and that's the kind of stuff that probably would happen eventually or happen occasionally, but circumstances kind of push things forward and advance things quicker than they would naturally. Mm-hmm. And so that's been something that's really cool to see. I'm I'm very much not a like silver lining kind of person <laughs> in in terms of you don't like, make lemonade when life hands you lemons. I tend to not make lemonade because <laughs> I would like to appreciate the lemons. Yeah, oh. She makes a tart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I don't love when people kind of take like 
global pandemic and say, oh, but actually all this good came from it. So we should just appreciate it. That's kind of not my style. But I think it has provided a lot of new opportunities that are cool and are helpful. It's taken mm-hmm. a lot of stuff away, yeah. but but it has pushed a lot of the conversations forward that needed to be had. Mm-hmm. In one way, I can see that happening is with Global Day. Noah, you mentioned Collective Night as something that our partner churches in Evansville were able to do and gather in person. But we don't only have partner churches in Evansville. We have partner churches in Colorado and Alabama and Montana. And Global Day is a way for all of our partner churches to connect and connect with each other, connect under this one unified event. And that's something that we just hadn't been able to do, especially not when we try to think in terms of physical gatherings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I mean, even another example of that, to your point, Emily, like I th- I feel like before all of this, our focus has been predominantly on churches who are more local or regionalized for us that we can have some sort of physical connection with. And it's not that we have ignored churches who are further away from us, but this has allowed us to be more creative in the way that we engage with them. And even just this morning, we um, I was able to help moderate and facilitate an interaction between one of our frontline workers real time with one of our main partner churches and their whole staff. Mm-hmm. And again, a year ago, would that have happened? I mean, maybe, but I don't think I at least wasn't thinking in that realm of creativity, which saying that now as an example of creativity, it doesn't feel creative. It sort of now feels like a duh, why wouldn't you be doing that? (laughs) But a year ago, I don't think I would have thought that way at least. And so how cool that now we can have a whole staff of one of our main partner churches interacting real time with someone who is thousands of miles away that they are directly partnering with and supporting. Mm -hmm. And so from that standpoint, like I love that, you know, I love that that's where this has allowed us to go. We think in terms of last year, like there were so many opportunities or so many other opportunities to engage. But the reality is we focused on travel as the means of right. engaging more than anything. Right. And while it's true that there were many opportunities to travel, we have created so many more opportunities to engage this year. Yep. And looking back, it, it is a little comical to think, oh, well, there were just so many other opportunities. There weren't. We, right. we, we've we now kind of set um, things in motion for the future to be able to say there were so many opportunities mm-hmm. in 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. to engage that didn't have anything to do with travel. Hopefully, when we can get back to traveling, whenever that is, that's just one aspect of engaging in global missions through Uncharted. Mm-hmm. That we can continue doing virtual connections and live events um, in person and um, and virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can continue creating content that engages people with global missions through education, mm-hmm. or who knows, maybe we become even more creative than we were we were this year and yeah. find different avenues. So Emily, as we talk about these different engagement points, how would you say the virtual global day event that we're doing, other than it being longer than a digital connect, um, 
how is it different? How is it different than just allowing people to interact with one of our frontline workers? Why, why are we not just doing that? Why are, we, why are we not just doing one big moderated interaction with a frontline worker? I don't know. That sounds a lot easier <laughs> than what we're lot, doing. That's right. Why are we doing Think of that? how many videos you would not have to produce <laughs> if we did just that. Yeah. I think one aspect of, of missions and connection that's really important and doesn't get a lot of time to shine is education, mm. which doesn't sound exciting. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. And it... <laughs> <laughs> promise it's, it's gonna be great but it is it is really interesting and really important for anybody who who has any sort of inclination towards international missions there's just a lot that needs to be understood and once you once you understand why we do things that we do why missions with uncharted looks like this and not like this mm. then you're able to really understand the passion that comes with it. Mm. Like I, I've, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I was never really a missionsy kind of person just growing up in the church. There were always missionsy people Mm -hmm. and I was not one of them. Mm -hmm. I'd gone on some trips, but it wasn't a huge passion of mine. But once I really started working at Uncharted and started learning all this stuff about what holistic missions looks like, how it really connects with God's plan for restoration, I could really get excited about that. Mm. And so that's something that was important to me as somebody who is now invested in missions, Mm. not just because it's my job, but because I understand it and I can feel better about how I participate in it. Mm -hmm. And so Global Day is is a way for us to connect to our our partners overseas is a way to to get a glimpse into what's happening there, what's been happening for years mm-hmm. and what is happening during this pandemic when we can't be there. It's also a way for us to express our passion for it, mm-hmm. to express the passion that Jesus had for it when he commanded his disciples to do it. And hopefully you'll be able to to catch some of the passion as well. Mm. And it becomes less about these people I'm supporting and more about something I want to do and be a part of. Yeah. I like, I appreciate that you highlighted the word education. Cause I do think sometimes that can turn people off to, you know, that's, that's not usually the thing that you use to promote an event is education. It's not but, a selling point, but a, it is going to be super cool. Cause you guys are doing a great job at putting it together. But also I think one of the reasons I'm excited for this experience is in terms of the education component, I I do think at times there's so much baggage with the word missions and some of that baggage is a very narrow perception or like a very narrow understanding of missions in terms of, okay, there's only very specific ways that I can engage with it. There's only very specific ways in which missions impacts my life. And what I'm excited about for this event is in, I, I hope that some people um, come, a, come away with a broader understanding of, of w- the way mission is meant to impact their life, kind of to what your own personal experience has been. And then on top of that, some other baggage that goes with missions is just a lot of bad experience and bad press and bad history mm-hmm. and bad reputation and a lot of it with with good reason. Mm-hmm. And We've so to about. be able to talk about that yeah. and to be able to 
to really hone in on like, what is the good in it? And why is it something that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, um, but say, no, there's actually something really redemptive within the world of mission and missions. Um, so yeah, when I, when I think about this event, like there's a lot of things I'm excited for it. There's a lot of things I hope people walk away with, but that's one thing I hope they walk away with is as a result of some of the educational experiences, sort of on one hand, a broader appreciation of, wow, this is, this is why this is important to me right here today, wherever I live. And then also almost like a forgiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> of <laughs> missions, you know, in a, in a renewed sense of that's something I want to be part of. Yeah. We're, we are going to talk a lot about God's vision for restoration for the world at this event, but it's also interesting the point you brought up because it's almost like also the idea of missions needs to be restored. Right. It'll be interesting to see how that shapes what the event itself is like. Mm-hmm. Global Day is happening November 20th at 7 p.m. It's a Friday night. You can go to unchartedinternational.org slash events for information on how to attend, where you can watch live. We're going to be talking about education and missions. We're going to be checking up with our partners overseas. And we're also going to be starting the fundraising campaign we're launching for the end of this year where we can raise money for ministry costs for our church planners in Myanmar and also the schools that we operate in Central Asia. So we hope to see you guys there. And and uh, it's going to be really cool. I hope. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. Ask me November 21st. How cool, How cool it was. It was. <laughs>